Hello. Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of January 16, 2012. This is episode 134. I'm Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We are the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. Today, joining me are co-hosts. Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. How do? Doing good. Pretty good. Do good? Mm-hmm. Good? Can <laughs> <laughs> We can talk about the weather, by the way. It's been a while since we've referenced the weather on any level. We're relapsing. How do New Year's resolutions work? I always think of them in terms of an annual expiration date. So like, if you make one Jan 1, 2011, <laughs> you're not obligated to continue. I'm, so if you lose like 20 pounds, you can regain them sure. next year? Sure. I am anti-New okay. Year resol- New Year's resolutions. You're just anti? No, well, I'm anti there's just a lot of things that I think I don't like conformity. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you? I think that well, if you need to, already. if there's something that you feel you need to do with your life, you better get that <clears throat> shiz on track and not wait until the new year to, to get around to doing it. You need to, you know, stop making excuses and get on it. That said, I make a lot of excuses to, to, to delay things that I know I should do, like working out and eating better and not drinking so much sugary crap. So, but. I still hate the idea of the whole conformity of doing it when like new using new years as an, as an excuse to be the time to try to do these things. I think it's kind of silly. I also hate Valentine's day. <laughs> Cheapers. Well, what how happy. Sad. <laughs> well, I think though that the reason people use the new year as an excuse to start their resolutions is just that it seems so crazy and hectic leading up to it. It's always like a great day to just kind of start fresh and new. I mean, it's still, it's, Oh, yeah. You could I, be doing I, it any point in the year, but you know, it's also a reflection point. A year yeah. ends, you kind of go, okay, you know, there goes another yeah. year, and I got a whole. It's a whole year ahead of you. And Holidays so are done. Time, it's a good time to yeah. set yeah. goals, I just think personal any, goals, financial goals. I understand that, but I just think, and I think every day should be that. Any day, there's you shouldn't have to like. Well, ideally, you shouldn't yeah. wait until like that one day or what's leading up to that one day to do that stuff. You should be thinking that about that, but always there should be world peace, and there should be. Well, that's a little extreme Free money <laughs> in terms of a contrast. I'm, just com- I'm comparing it to <laughs> All right. Well, that's fair, I guess. I don't Valentine's Day, too. You threw that right under the bus. Yeah. yeah. Wow. All holidays or just those two in particular? Just, just Valentine's Day. Why? Do you hate fuzzy bunnies and rainbows, too? No, I just think that it's... <laughs> I, th- I don't like... A, Valentine's Day is a major pain in the ass. Part of my opinion is... is comes from that. So if you've ever tried to like make reservations and you didn't do it like three months in advance because you didn't think about it and all of a sudden you're like two or three weeks before the day and now you can't get it anywhere mm-hmm. to, to go to somewhere nice to eat. That, A, it's a huge pain. That's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt to actually go out on Valentine's Day because it's so damn busy when people are trying to do the same thing. And I think it's, again, it's one of those things where you shouldn't wait until some commercially driven day to express your feelings to somebody you love. You should... Do it any day or every day. You should make dinner that. at home. She's a homebody like me, so she does, the, 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 the whole going out thing she, that she's fine with. Oh. She probably rolls her eyes a little bit at my... Uh, if I tried to yeah, pull that with nice. Tanya, she'd <clears throat> beat me over the head with the stick. Dudes always hate <laughs> Valentine's Day more than women, but I mean, I could still understand your points. But I think yeah. New Year's is the same way. Try to make a reservation on New oh, Year's no, Eve. Oh, no, I agree, totally. Yeah. Really? Do people go out for New Year's Eve a lot? I mean, in terms of like dinner and stuff, I suppose they probably do. Yeah. I think so, yeah. 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 God, that, just, that kind of stuff just sounds like a major pain. There are days that I don't leave the house. Those are, I mean, <laughs> most days I don't leave the house, but those are some of the ones Shut that I definitely in. will not leave the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, pretty soon his eyes are going to get big and he's going to be like, my precious. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to spend his life, he's going to grow to be like 800 years old and <laughs> eat yeah. fit raw fish. 
All right. So uh, some good stuff to talk about today. Uh, just a couple of reminders. Check out our new website. Still new. I still consider it new. Mm-hmm. About a month old now. Uh, check out our new video, Three Rules <clears throat> in Healthcare Advertising. Don't forget we have a book available that's also relatively new. Mm-hmm. Still only like five months out. Joe Public doesn't care about your hospital. You can find information about that at thinkinterval.com. We also have a LinkedIn group that's been fairly active and growing called Joe Public Doesn't Care About Your Hospital. So jump in there and share your ideas and thoughts and opinions. Or Join share, us. Or share them anywhere and just shoot us a link you to wherever send you... Them, you should share them anywhere. You shouldn't go to like one place. You should, you should feel free to share your opinions. Now, anywhere. did you... There was something I sent... I, you know, the way we handle our, our quote-unquote fodder for podcasts is typically we just email links around to each other and saying, check this out. We should talk about this on the show. One of the things I sent out a couple of weeks ago, which we never did talk about, but we've kind of <laughs> talked about in the past, was the whole idea of commenting and how kind of worthless comments are online. And, oh, and not yeah. to say that the, the people who leave comments on our stuff is worthless, because usually them. when people do take the time to leave comments on our stuff, we appreciate it, and they're actually productive and, and good. They're thought through. Right, yeah. yeah. We're not like YouTube, where it's just a bunch of trolling garbage and spam. <laughs> um, but that's, that's a, yeah, maybe that's something we could talk about more, because it would probably be a big rant of mine right now. But there's been some more discussion about the worthlessness of comments in general, with major sites, not sites like ours necessarily. Like a media site. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and why people are, are very opposed to them and why certain vocal people who have built great platforms for themselves are removing comments because, A, they're sick of the vitriol that ends up getting spewed right. on there, and B, they're tired of people piggybacking on their success, you know, assuming that you know, so somebody builds a successful platform and then others demand to be able to have a voice on their platform. Uh-huh. You know, they see their success and they want a piece of it. Um, and I think that's kind of BS. Anyway, it, there's this big discussion going on in the circles that I follow and um, it could warrant uh, some yeah. fun, fun, fun discussion on our show at some point. We had a really, um, didn't we have on the podcast a very in-depth discussion of the anonymity component of that mm-hmm. yeah, which i think that. is the main reason behind most of the negative crap right that are that mm-hmm. is in either social media or well most social media is not an anonymous or a lot of it facebook and twitter and all right. that but it's the comment section that yeah it's almost worthless it's fun to like look at it sometimes because you, right. you know somebody should do like a scale of how many comments it takes before it gets political on an average site and it's probably like 3.7 or before it's just some trolling garbage of you know somebody just coming in and calling everyone d-bags or something you know just 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 worthless stuff right. that's not relative or has no meaning whatsoever i've been I, i'll have to say i usually ignore comments um yeah me but too. i have been participating not participating but reading more because i've been getting into um reading recaps of the shows i like mm-hmm. which uh, i do on entertainment weekly so the tv shows i really like and they'll most of them uh, have recaps and so the, and there's different writers so sometimes recaps are just almost word for word what happened which are kind of blah but other ones really get into it the writers and they really try to explore first started doing that with Lost uh, but you get a sense of community from other people mm-hmm. so I do that with like Walking Dead and some others and most of those are fine yeah um, occasionally you'll get somebody who comes in there and um, you know it rarely gets political but sometimes it did I, I think we talked about an episode of Walking mm-hmm. Dead where, you know, I don't have to give you much of the premise of this, but it was, you know, it's apocalypse, zombie apocalypse, and one of the main characters finds out she's pregnant. We did talk about this, didn't we? 
We and she wants, she, wa- she wants to take a bunch of morning after pills to try to cause an abortion because she doesn't want to have a baby in this awful right, world. Right. And everybody goes nuts because they're like, you can't have an abortion with, you know, morning after pills. And, and it, you know, they're missing the point that this is a show about a zombie apocalypse. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, as soon as you bring up that topic, you know, Katie bar the door, everybody's pouring in with every political view. Right. right. So sometimes it goes there, but. Well, yeah, we should. It's still on our fodder list, so let's queue it up for next. Bring time. it up next week, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just haven't put it in there, but we can. Let's talk about an equally um, exciting and interesting topic: <laughs> healthcare spending. <laughs> so, uh, I just think this is curious. I just want to get. To, we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but uh, a couple years ago now, so March two thousand nine. Uh, I wrote a, a blog post called The Economic Crisis, Tipping Point for Healthcare Spending. It's one of the most visited posts of all the ones that I've written on my on, blog. Online, on the internet. Not on the internet, no. <laughs> on the my own blog. A little exponential difference there in visits. But uh, the point of it was, even then, so this is like right when we're in doom and gloom, the world's falling off a cliff, and there was lots of reports by providers of, oh, everybody stopped coming to the doctor and they're financially getting hurt. And so my post was, is this a permanent, could this be a permanent shift in healthcare spending? Mm-hmm. Because it was a serious enough uh, economic situation mm-hmm. that people were pulling back so far. And a lot of, in a lot of other industries, that type of behavior tends to stick. So a classic example of this is the Great Depression. And coming out of the Great Depression, that generation saved for everything. Right, they just they wouldn't buy something unless they had the money for it. Right. That was the kind of and saved fundamental yeah. right fundamental shift in buying behavior. Uh, and so, is that happening with healthcare? So you know some of the ramifications that I talked about back then were, you know, uh, you've got the baby boomers coming, so that might offset that, but it, that would cause a permanent reduction in utilization. So business at the time was going down. It's been flat for most providers since then, give or take. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that going to be the permanent world? Price shopping becomes the norm, which is, of course, still very new thing right. in our world. Uh, but once you bring price in there, you also have to think about the other value drivers, such as convenience, experience, service, uh, which will continue to grow uh, relative to things like uh, proximity or insurance coverage uh, or even clinical quality. And all of this leads to more heated competition. You know, you're going to be more desperate for that one patient. Right. Um, and so, so that was then. So just recently, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services released a report that got a lot of coverage nationally talking about how healthcare spending has slowed dramatically. Uh, and so here's the lead. Health spending stabilized as a share. Of, this is from the Star Tribune, by the way, but it was covered in almost any major mm-hmm. media. Uh, and their headline was, America Hits Breaks on Health Spending. Health spending stabilized as a share of the nation's economy in 2010 after two back-to-back years of historically low growth. Experts debated whether it's a fleeting consequence of the sluggish economy or a real sign that cost controls by private employers and government at all levels are starting to work. So the increases in 2010 and 2009 were the lowest measured in 51 years. And for the first time in the decade, healthcare as a share of the economy leveled off at 17.9%. So it didn't continue to grow. And so the article goes on to kind of talk about, look, is this 
you know, what is the primary reason for this? And most people agree it is the economic situation. Mm-hmm. It slowed everybody down. Uh, so the question is, if things get better, right. uh, will these kind of shifts in utilization stick or will they fall away uh, as people, you know, as the economy gets better? And you could think of things like the mm-hmm. savings rate, which is which is was negative, I believe, before the crash, meaning we we had a negative savings rate as a country. That's gone up. You know, debt's starting to drop. Right. Um, though I just saw a report yesterday that people are increasing their debt now because the economy is getting better. So those things will probably change as the economy gets better. Uh, but would healthcare spending? And is this a factor of that, or is it a factor of all these efforts, you know, government and otherwise, that people have to reduce healthcare? Because again, it's got some real ramifications. Yeah. For our industry. You know, obviously people have less money, so they're more conscious of the money. And mm-hmm. that's just a generalization, but you lost your job or your salary's down or whatever, or you're just fearful. But of is, those it, is it about people having less? I mean, it is, that's, I guess that's my point. Is it really about people having less money, or is it about worse access to insurance and worse, you know, insurance plans? Well, that, that's that part of it too, but that's that the same thing. It is. Right? In a, I, I mean, I, I guess, but the fact before is that the money being spent was transparent to, like, to me. Right, because you had a great. If you had an insurance plan that just kind of covered everything, you didn't have to think about it. The spending happened behind the scenes, and for to you, it was like whatever. It's happening. It's probably happening, but I don't mm-hmm. have to think about it. I don't see it. It's right. out of out of my mind. Um, but now you have to actually think about it because a maybe you don't have a job and you don't even have insurance, so now you do have to think about it. Right. Um, so it's hard to. It's just. It's not really. It doesn't seem apples to apples to me. Um, I mean, in the, in the big picture, yes, less is being spent, but also in the big picture, we're just having to think about it differently. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems yeah. like there's... But I think they're related. I think, I think we're having to think about it differently because either you have less money, you don't have insurance, so you're not going to go to the doctor or right. you're going to... I just had this experience. So a medication I'm on, for some reason, <clears> went to 95 bucks a month. And I'm like, you know, I'm 44. Mm-hmm. I've lived know, a good life. <laughs> I, I calculated this like $21,000 of the next 20 years of my life if I continue to take this. I'm like, mm-hmm. what the? Yeah. You know, I can exercise more. I can die. I can do things. to. I'm not spending 95 bucks. So I just, I said, no, I'm not paying for it. I called my doctor. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. Right. right. Now, that's mainly because of either my insurance changed or the drug price went up or inflation <coughs> or whatever. Right. Uh, but imagine, imagine <clears throat> me and I lose a job or I lose my insurance. Mm-hmm. Now, most people wouldn't even, you know, they would just, they'd kill a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't go to their doctor at all. They would skip a lab. Right. If they had to take medication, they might cut it in half, whatever. So, so I do think that it, they're both, it's related in both ways. Yeah. It's interesting to think about whether if the economy starts going back up and we're starting <clears> to see signs of that, will people kind of just go back to their old ways? Or has this been a significant <clears throat> enough event like the Great Depression that a lot of the things that are happening are going right. to be permanent. Well, even if the economy starts swinging back, I mean, some signs obviously show that it, you know, point to maybe that happening. <clears throat> you know, healthcare costs are going to continue to spike. I mean, I, I, healthcare is like this beast that's out of control right now. I, the, I mean, insurance isn't going to suddenly become more affordable because of this. I don't, wouldn't predict. I mean, the laws of economics should indicate that it would at least somehow become better, but. Mm-hmm. Healthcare costs aren't going to stop spiraling, uh, spiraling out of control. So I don't see it's healthcare. Well, it have, seems though. like outside of the realm of 
typical economics just because yes. of the influencers that impact, you know, cost. So I don't know. It's just, it's hard to, it's hard to even make predictions. Well, it, mm-hmm. it should. I mean, theoretically, if less people are u- utilizing care, theoretically. then the insurance companies have less money to pay out, which means they should be able to charge less premiums. Mm-hmm. And you have seen like this year, the insurance premiums are lower than they typically have been. At least the increases are lower. That's what I should say. It's not like they've dropped. Right. 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 Um, so that part of it's holding up, but the other part we've always talked about that, you know, um, the MRI on every corner. Right. And we talked, you know, a couple times ago about there's more MRIs mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh than Canada. Uh, you know, but there's also that other side of it that's trying to cut the supply down <clears throat> through um, only paying, you know, the government, for example, only paying for what's necessary or right. throwing quality into the mix. And it's not just quantity. So that will also, um, reduce overall spending theoretically mm-hmm. but you're right it's not the same as you know supply and demand curves that you normally see yeah and it may never be it's healthcare, right we're never going to say well you can't afford you know an ipod you don't get an ipod well you can't afford surgery so good luck with your giant tumor <laughs> i don't think we're in a we're, we're there yet <laughs> right or maybe we never want to be there jackie you were trying to say something well, no, I was just going to say that I think it's kind of Great Depression-esque maybe in that the, you know, the mentality of that generation was just, you know, they kind of, even after the, they came out of the Great Depression, they still had this mentality like we might get burned again. So they're just more frugal. So, I mean, maybe that's part of what's happening. Yeah. It obviously wasn't as bad as the Great Depression, but you know what I mean. Pretty close. Mm-hmm. Pretty close. And for a lot of people, it's, it was, you know, we didn't have the unemployment near what it was in the Great Depression, but obviously it was huge. and mm-hmm. So it's just a question of how long people's memories are. Yeah. You know? Okay. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk more about uh, celebrity <clears throat> culture in hospitals. Last week we Fun. talked about Teen Mom 2. Right? Yep. So now here's another example of um, the pros and cons of using celebrity uh, or the celebrity culture mm-hmm. with your hospital. And this involves the birth of Beyonce and Jay-Z's new baby, <clears throat> which took place at Lenox Hill Hospital in Brooklyn. And this is a New York Times article, so I trust the New York Times. When you read this article, we'll, we'll, we'll post a link to it, it's hard to tell what's real. Mm-hmm. Because really what you're he- reading in here is the you're reading the first person complaint of one person. Right, right. And according to the hospital and the state board of medical, whoever, there are no formal complaints as of this article, which is January 9. There are no formal complaints against the hospital. So you got to wonder whether this is just one person who's right, right. exaggerating the situation. And they're sensationalizing it yes. here. Yeah. But the story is they had their baby there. Um, and according to this patient who's had um, a baby in the neonatal intensive care unit since December 28th, because it was premature, uh, starting um, on one day, all of a sudden, she, she wasn't allowed to go back there. And there were security guards, and they had it cordoned off. Uh, there were guards with Secret Service-style earpieces. Again, this is all from the story this patient tells. She says her name is Roz Nash Colin. We were told we could walk no further, Ms. Nash Cohen said Monday. And when she and her husband, Neil, demand an explanation, 
She added, the GAR claimed unconvincingly, well, they're handling hazardous materials. Even as a large group of people screened from view or passing through the main hallway, he had declared off-limits. It was just the first of a series of indignities that they and several other non-celebrity maternity patients say they experienced over the weekend as Lenox Hill Hospital went all out to protect the privacy of Beyonce Knowles and Jay-Z, whose daughter, Blue Ivy Carter, okay, was born there on Saturday. <laughs> and, oh, here's another father, so it's not just one. Edgar Ramirez said security guards kept him out of the neonatal unit for three hours while his wife and newborn were waiting for him. So the, the hospital spokesperson says the hospitals received no formal complaint about security measures. Um, we have been in control of the security detail and we remain in control of it, Ms. Silverman said. The security plan was designed not to limit access to patient care areas. And then later, this is really interesting, Ms. Silverman denied reports that the couple had paid more than a million dollars to rent and redecorate a wing of the hospital as a private labor and delivery suite. What? Why aren't these celebrities just having their babies at home no if kidding. they're going to do that? A doctor who had often delivered babies at Lenox Hill said that two months ago he learned from obstetrical personnel at the hospital that a six-floor <clears throat> area previously used for medical observation before delivery had been cordoned off and was being rebuilt as a private suite at no cost to the hospital. The physician who insisted his name be withheld, so again, to get that anonymous. Mm-hmm. You, and, and we know enough about healthcare to know <laughs> that for every disgruntled patient, there is a disgruntled physician, right? <laughs> right? right? So who knows whether this guy's got a beef against the <clears throat> hospital? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seriously, yeah. you can almost toss that right out. Um, so, but the, so the thing here is whether or not they they paid, you know, they were paid a lot of money to let them have them there. Um, and obviously, if somebody wants to have a baby at your hospital, you're not going to say no. But the pros and cons of having Beyonce there, you know, you would th- assume that's a positive. So is it unclear whether or not the what? security was paid for by Beyonce or the hospital? Oh, I'm sure it was all paid for by why, Beyonce. Why would it be yeah, a pro, right. though? Why would it be a pro to have Beyonce? I mean, just because it's it would be... It's a celebrity endorsement. If Beyonce has my baby there, I'm going to have my baby there. It must be If it's good enough for Beyonce, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's unfortunate that that's... I, oh, I agree. That's a, yeah. No, I, I know. I, I know. It's an unfortunate aspect of our society. <clears throat> um, you know, I'm sure that... I'm going to guess the story was sensationalized, but bottom line, really, I mean, give a crap who you are. If you're going to have a... You know, if you're going to go to a, t- a typical hospital, then you better be ready to come down to the level of the rest of us yeah. peons who don't have special security. And, and, if, and if you are going to have security, maybe they are outside your room or inside your room with you and not in if, you know and it's not affecting mm-hmm. the stay or the lives of the other people who are using the hospital system <clears throat> it's just that's just that's absurd and a hospital i don't think a hospital should be bending over backwards to cater to any to any patient regardless of who they are unless they're the president <laughs> you can't of the really mean States. that statement yeah. of course that you want them to, to bend over backwards no, i mean to, to everybody to not yes. to one somebody Equally in particular is what yes. You're saying. yes well, I just find it super interesting. I was listening to, it wasn't the news, it was like E! News, entertainment <clears throat> news, but Beyonce and Jay-Z are like the equivalent of royalty. Mm-hmm. It seems like there was some statistic that Tim Tebow, in terms of like tweet mentions per hour or something or per day, was at like 9,000, and he's like the only one in however long that surpassed Beyonce. Like when she had her baby, and it's just like seriously. I mean, I didn't know they were such a big deal. Well, so that and, and might the, be so. Why. There's, 
I think there's reason to, to understand why they would have security because you could have right. paparazzi and, and a lot of things that could cause disruption for the other patients. Mm-hmm. So the problem becomes as soon as you're off-putting the other patients. If you're holding off oh, the, the, you know, the grossness of celebrity culture, you know, fans and paparazzi that are trying to get in there, fine. But as soon as you're, you know, you're putting other patients out, then I think that becomes a problem. Yeah, that's well, and bad. I think, I mean, that alone could be reason enough for you. I mean, outside of the fact that you can be in the news for being the place where Beyonce had her baby, I mean, all of those all of the extra security measures that you need to have in place to ensure that the, the things you just mentioned don't end up just, you know, a complete disaster mm-hmm. should be reason enough for that should trump any celebrity endorsement you would get you, out of having some, you know, celebrity know. have a, their baby at your hospital. This one's tougher to me than like it's a, a flash in the pan. Too. I mean, that's, it's going to be new. It's going to be news for a, what a, a yeah, couple but, of days and then it's gone. But, but if you're all over the news, I mean, to me, yeah. what, what about, what if it was, um, the president and he needed or like Dick Cheney gets heart surgery or somebody prominent gets heart surgery and you're the hospital in the news reporting on it. You're the hospital that is qualified enough to take care of a, 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 mm-hmm. a high, you know, a dignitary of some kind. That's, that's good brand. If it's well, handled well, yeah, I'm sure I, they have security. I guess I view that as a different level than maybe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Celebrities. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what's just been so interesting is just, it's just been amazing to me, the celebrity of Beyonce. I mean, it's almost like, like I said, like the king or queen was, you know, pulled up in this hospital. So I, I think I, I that a lot of people do, you know. Yeah, they do, but it's upsetting. It's, it's, it's gross. It's, good it's disgusting. I absolutely just, am, oh, totally. I'm appalled at our celebrity culture. In this. <laughs> we should do yeah, it. But, we'll have to do a rant someday about the, um, just hate it. The um, celebrities who are celebrities just for celebrity sake and do nothing, like the Kardashians. <laughs> They right. have no scale. I mean, Beyonce is a very talented singer, as right. is Jay Z. Mm-hmm. So at least there's a reason for the yeah. for the um, idol tree, right? But the Kardashians or you know whatever. I mean, what the heck? These people yeah. have they're, yeah. they're contributing or the nothing. Ju- the Jersey to Shore type people, Snooki? Jersey Shore <laughs> type situation. People. Yeah, yeah. I only know these people because I watch late night talk shows on it from time to time if i didn't watch sure. like uh jimmy fallon or letterman or leno once in a while i would have no idea who any of these people are that's well it's probably, probably okay i'm sure most hospitals don't have to worry about this problem um but it's just interesting to think about mm-hmm. how, how, you know how do you <clears throat> well, keep you, it from being a negative because this the way it's come out potentially could be to your point adam Outweigh the positive of having Beyonce. Well, the other thing too is outside of controlling the outside, you also have to control the inside. You have to control your own staff when you've got these people. And I think there was a local hospital. um, I think little Kim had breast implants done in the twin cities at one point. And some employee was snooping through the records either to get something to maybe try to set and was fired just for looking at her records. Yeah. So, and I'm not sure if that's, yeah, that's I'm not sure how, how much truth there is. Maybe that part of that story was made up. Maybe it was all made up, but I believe I, it was, that's accurate. I never heard the first part, little Kim's breast implants, but I do know that there's recently, I think last year, there was a set of employees fired for looking at, um, and I think it was a, it was some kind of celebrity. It wasn't that big. It might've been a sports figure or a, um, even like a, an amateur sports person that was in the hospital. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a hospital's focus should be 
yeah. Ex- spent energy should be spent elsewhere other than on trying to, you know, cater to one go over the top to cater to one particular patient like that. Unless it's the president or right, you know, somebody of that stature. All right. We've probably had enough celebrity hospital conversation. We'll have to move. Yes. We could probably keep digging this I stuff like up it. all day long. All right. Um, just a couple more things. Uh, the last one we'll try to get through pretty quick. But, Adam, you brought up something that I think is worth watching. Uh, there is a new feature with Google called Search Plus Your World. And I'll try to describe it real quick, and then you can kind of dive into the controversy. But uh, when you go to Google, if you search for something, I think you have the option right now, and it pulls up things on the right. It actually replaces some of the ad space that's there on the right. Uh, and so if you're searching for like Britney Spears, it'll pull up maybe the latest. It's almost like it reminds me of the Facebook, what's that thing on the right that's new? Ticker. The ticker, mm. but it's related to the search. Okay. And it's, it's, this is the controversy. It's supposed to be like any Google search, whatever's most popular on the internet at that point. But what mm. people have discovered is, hmm, curious, Facebook and Twitter <laughs> doesn't show up in it. And Google Plus seems to be emphasized. All everywhere, oh. yeah. And so now that that calls into question a whole bunch of stuff. So tell us a little bit more about yeah, that. Well, the, the controversy, the, 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 the um, outrage is the right word, but there's been a lot of back and forth between Google and executives of Google and Twitter. Um, specifically, I'm not sure how much there has been from like Zuckerberg or anybody at Facebook, um, but just some outrage over how this is to work. Cause obviously Google has a monopoly on search for the most part. There are other resources out there, but Google right. is the default. It's where you go when you want to search for something. Right. Um, so there's, you know, obviously a lot of antitrust things that they need to take into consideration when rolling out new features or antitrust considerations to take into, in, into consider consideration. That's redundant. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Uh, so anyway, they've rolled out this new service, as you described. Uh, it kind of works differently depending on whether or not you have a Google Plus account and are logged in. Uh-huh. The idea behind it is that it's supposed to start rolling aspects of your personal life into your search results to make search a little more meaningful and relevant to you, which is an, an interesting concept and one that I wouldn't say I'm necessarily opposed to, although a lot of the crap that would be in my feed I probably wouldn't want intermingled with search results because it would probably just muddy it up. Um, but a couple of the examples that were used by, um, I'm going to forget the name of the guy, Danny Sullivan, I think, from a fairly popular search engine blog or search marketing blog. We'll link it up in the show notes. So you can take a look there. Um, but anyway, he's showing some great examples of how Facebook is just blatantly choosing to exclude what is very relevant and already openly accessible information, um, yet they are claiming that resources like Twitter and Facebook are not sharing information with them properly to be able to include it. And that's, and people are pointing out how that's a crock of uh, BS. So anyway, a couple of the examples, if you want to see this in action is to go to Google, assume that um, the results might be a little different if you're logged in or not, or have a a Google plus account or not, Mm -hmm. but just start typing in like Britney Spears into the search bar in Google and, you know, you start to get your autocomplete stuff um, going on. Even once you've typed as much as Brit, uh, and one of the autocomplete results you'll see right away is a link to Britney Spears' Google Plus profile with a thumbnail pic of her. So the way they're integrating Google Plus is, I mean, they're really forcing it down your throat for the most part and choosing to exclude things like Twitter, things like Facebook, um, and other very relevant, meaningful, and probably even more frequented and more useful resources in favor of their, this own social networking resource mm-hmm. that they've developed and are trying to you know, make big. 
Um, and then another example is if you just do a search for music, and all of a sudden you've got um, over on the right-hand side, Chris, the area you were referring to, um, auto-filled with uh, fairly popular musicians, Google Plus profiles for them. So uh, the ones that were up there, again, Britney Spears in this case and Snoop Dogg. Um, neither of which would be relevant to me. So interesting that those were the selections that <laughs> ended up on my search result page when I um, was logged in to Google Plus at the time. Uh, so yeah, um, this is going to, I mean, it, it's relevant to marketers just because A, it shows the, the, the power of, uh, of somebody who's got a monopoly on this space. And, and if you're not thinking about SEO and not thinking about SEM, uh, you, you should be. And this is... I don't know. I mean, if one thing, it shows that you better have a presence in Google Plus if you want to be relevant in this right. space. Um, yeah, not that we would, um, you know, if for no other reason for this reason, but not necessarily that we're advocating for you getting involved in that. But it, it just shows you the power of of search and the power of you know some of these monopolies and some of the considerations you might have to have in place. Now, I, su- I suspect this is going to change. Um, there's going to be some pretty, whether lawsuits happen out of this or they just are like, we're not going to, you know, they seem to be blind to the fact that are very defensive so far to what they're doing and saying that they're not breaking any rules. They're not doing anything wrong. Um, but clearly this is Mm anti-competitive behavior. Right. And when you're already a monopoly, that's not, it's not good. Right. <laughs> it's not good behavior. So we'll see what happens, but it's something to keep an eye on. Um, because like I said, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're starting to explore SEO, starting to explore SEM and you should be, um, these are things you need to be aware of. So yeah. Yeah. Keep and, an eye and on it. We were talking before the podcast. Are you on Google plus? I am, but I never use it. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, what too. I said. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't really use it at all. In fact, I don't even know which account of mine. I have three Google accounts. Yeah. The corporate account and then two other ones. I don't even know which one is my Google Plus account. <laughs> um, and I get things occasionally where people add me to their circles and whatever. And I know some people use it a lot. It's just hard enough mm-hmm. for me to to keep up with Facebook and Twitter, let yeah. alone another one. And not that I wouldn't think about it, but now you gotta go, well, okay, well right. what am I missing out on if you know if I'm not in there, you know, I'm not showing up and however this new tool would be. Um and, and you know, and then you got to wonder: Are they secretly somehow building into their their natural SEO, and, you know, algorithms <clears throat> where Google Plus outweighs Facebook or Twitter or other social media, you know, yeah. content? I don't know, but that would be pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Speaking of Facebook, we're going to end with something funny. Um, this was sent to me. It's uh, on a uh, website called Happy Place, which I don't know what that is. It's just like some <laughs> kind of like place. you don't know what Happy Place is. I, I, Go to your Happy Place. Go to your Happy Place, Chris. I don't know. It's got videos, tweets, news. I really don't know what the site is about. But uh, this post is called "The Fifty Most Brilliant, Obnoxious, or Delightfully Sociopathic Facebook Posts of 2011," <laughs> and it is hilarious tears in your eye <laughs> funny and so there are so many of there's 50 of them we're not going to go over we each picked one that we wanted to share mm-hmm. some of these we can't share well we could the fcc isn't <laughs> bleep I, I bleep bleep one. right but okay so here's all um some of them are just sad i'll start and the, here i'm going to preface it with this these are not nearly as funny when we tell them 
because we've told a few and they're not. Right. You have to see them in the Facebook because you're reading, you're reading, you're reading. And then usually there's like some kind of shocking thing that makes it funny. So here's, here's one that I think is sad. It's, it's funny. It's just like, I don't know how to put it. So Morgan is the poster. Morgan says, Today a soul was lost to the earth, but rejoined to the cosmos. Time was short and love was sent until we meet again. Alex comments, Can I steal this? My grandma died today, and I feel like this is what's on my mind. Morgan responds, Yeah, go for it, girl. I lost my uncle today. Virtual hug. Julie chimes in, Did my dad die? <laughs> Morgan Oh, I forgot about Facebook. Man, I talked to my parents hours ago, and they said they would call your mom, and she would talk to you or something. I don't know. I'm sorry, girl. And it goes on, but... That's terrible. It's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> so terrible, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny and like, I don't know. I You do laugh at it. You kind of gasp and go, did my dad die? Well, I mean, that that's how she found out. That one's a little less funny and a little more like, just take takes it just you back. Right. Like, oh. Yeah. The, the other ones on here Facebook. are like literally are like there's some on here that are tears in your eyes hilarious. So what? So what was? What's your other one? I'm gonna go. go with, I'm gonna go with the um, what's on the very first page of these, but the one where it's um, so there's a person named Andrew who's posting to Facebook, and it says so Andrew's status update is so Andrew Andrew is challenging you to find the to, to find the gay person, and then there's this three lines of emoticons of stick people, and you see these all the time, these kinds of posts, and, and they're all and the then, same, and yeah, and they're all the same. And the next line is can't do it. That's because they're humans too, and we're all the same. Repost this if you uh, support the the LGBTQ community. Um, so very nice post, but the the first comment on it is just hilarious because it's like. Uh, so Tom says, I'm going to guess it's the dude in the corner wearing the sailor outfit. And if you look at the, his profile picture, he's, just, <laughs> he's got the sailor outfit up in the corner. That's a good one. But it's, it's hilarious. No, a lot of these are just, I mean. Do you have one, Jackie? Uh, yeah. But they just, they just call out how stupid some people are, which is even more sad. But mine's short and sweet, which I think is why I like it. Um, <laughs> so Trent posts, Shart Week. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> And Aaron responds, a whole week of it? God damn, what did you eat? <laughs> and as we all know, it's supposed to be Shark Week. It's supposed to be Shark Week, and if you don't know what Shark is, then we'll uh, look post it up. the video reference we'll to p- where we'll sh- p- yeah. the term Shark originated and maybe the Urban Dictionary <laughs> link for added info. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the definition. All right, we could go on and on. Can I read one more, though? <laughs> sure. I like this a lot. So it's a picture of uh, a college dude, clearly. That's his profile picture. Um, And here's the post. And I'll bleep. I was being a bleep to a cab driver last night, refused to pay the fare, and threatened him. When he told me that he would take me to the police station, I got scared and planned to do a runner on him. And when I tried to run, I forgot my phone in the cab. And now that cab driver is teaching me a lesson by writing this post. <laughs> Even though I was being extremely rude, clumsy, bleep, the cab driver is still kind enough to give me an opportunity to get my phone back. All he's asking, all he's asking is the fare I owe him and an apologizing note on my Facebook wall. I want all my friends to like it so they can see my true face. The cab driver will check my Facebook again tomorrow to make sure. And once he sees the apologizing note, he'll send the address to pick up the phone. And so that's awesome. And then at the bottom, there are 59 people that like that post. <laughs> so all the guy's friends right. are the ones seeing this in his Facebook feed, and they all like it. That's pretty classy, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Well, either that or they're just trying to help him get his phone back. <laughs> Maybe, but I, if that were my friend, I would go, that right in your eye. Moral oh, so of that I, story totally. is to lock your phone. I'd be like, burned. Yeah. Okay. 
We'll, we'll leave some other ones for you. We don't want to take away all the fun. Yeah, no, this yeah, podcast like is 45 minutes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards. This is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritacco. And Adam Meyer. See you next week. <laughs>